Bubba. The Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pre-Game on 101.1 The Beard. Starring News Channel 11's Pete Christie. Inside the Red Raiders publisher Jarrett Johnson. The Beard Sports Director Sean Dillon. And host of the Rockin' Pre-Game, Jeff Scott. All right, welcome to the Rockin' Pre-Game today. Coming up, we'll talk about a new uh, four-star basketball commit as well as a 2023 quarterback commit. Eric Haslam, Michael Hunter, and special guest Rocco Miller will be uh, joining us for the Rockin' 25 College Basketball Poll. Plus, who's coming in for the Mega Junior Day event this weekend? Uh, we'll also have an update for uh, Lady Raiders and Red Raider basketball, tackle the full court press, and who knows what else could uh, possibly happen along the way. But, you know, there's only one way to find out, and that's to jump right in. This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame. Let's get going with the Rockin' Reality Jack. All right, Pete, why don't you start us off the rock and reality check today? Man. Like you start. Oh, thanks. Well, uh, I, you know, exciting times again in Little Lubbock, Texas. I mean, first off, I, I think I'll mention Patrick Mahomes. And, man, what, what he did in, with 13 seconds left, uh, from here it's possible. Yeah, <laughs> Boy, no kidding. Yeah. It's possible. So I just I just want to mention that I'm excited. We we get to see him this weekend, and of course Wes Welker coaching for the 49ers. So uh, man, that, that probably was the best weekend of NFL playoff football uh, in a long time. It was unbelievable. But uh, I'm super excited for Red Raider basketball. I know uh, you know uh, the little slip up at Kansas. I mean, they I thought they were going to win it in the first overtime when they were up five, but. Man, this team is right there, and now you got two home games, uh, an exciting game against an SEC team at Mississippi State, five o'clock tomorrow, and then, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it later about, uh, I'll say his name, Chris Beard coming in, Who? and yeah, and you know, people are telling me, man, you're you're a punk, dude. Why you let that guy bother you? Let it go. He got a better job. Screw you. The guy, yeah. the guy had no loyalty. Uh, you know. Uh, Crunk, crunk him. Wow, boy, you're angry. As we talked about other words for profanity. Oh, I mean, yeah. I'm just saying. Ah, I'm just, sick. I'm just saying. Uh, it's a big weekend, and uh, you know we've been uh, waiting for this day to come. And you know, four to one is gone, half left. So it's two to one, and it's two one. We're playing them. So uh, wow. uh, February first. I'm excited for that. Um, so and then baseball's right around the corner. We just talked to Josh Young this week, and he's going to work real hard once the lockout ends. He wants to make the team right out of spring training and, and make his major league debut. So provided so, they get the lockout take right. Care. I mean, yeah. you hope those guys can do it. I mean, uh, you know, two proud peacocks. Uh, strutting around but uh you know they never fixed it here at tech back in the day so anyway uh if you're picking up what i'm putting down uh anyway i'm super excited uh big week for red raider basketball and uh man i mean if you're a sports fan uh, you got to be uh euphoric and that doesn't even mention uh if you're on twitter uh, anytime you're on twitter you, you you're gonna see something about texas tech football mcguire's here Mag i mean how many Joey Maguire's are there. I want to know. Has, has he cloned himself like Dolly the Sheep? Because he is everywhere. And then all his guys, Bookbinder, this guy, that guy, they went out to New Home. They're everywhere. I'm super excited. And then all these guys with their tw Twitter, uh, what do they call them, hand, and they're, they're out at the Lady Raider game, which was awesome. They're out at track. It's just uh, awesome to see. Awesome. 
Yeah, that's it. That's so competition that the, the, the yeah. football team has going and they're, they're divided they're into teams. Everywhere. Yeah. They're everywhere, too. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Texas Tech is, is you know, the brand. Uh, you know, that's what McGuire talks about. And you see the brand all over the Kansas City Chiefs games. You'll see it again this Sunday. Uh, it's a good time to be a Red Raider. All right. Man, I tell you what. I don't know that I was prepared mentally to be able to keep up with everything you just threw out. Well, it's exciting time. No, man. it is. It but is. I'm just saying you. Well, I, people I say, why are you live in Lubbock, up. man? I love Lubbock. Yeah. I love it. No, love I'm, it. Love, I love that you love that. Yeah, I love I that for you, and I love it <laughs> that I love it so much. Yeah, you wow. got to be happy for people. And, oh. and, you know, I didn't even mention the, the, the death threats uh, towards some oh, of yeah. the Red Raiders. Which that was stupid. Horrible. Horrible. You know, there's some real cretins out there. And, uh, you know, uh, not good. Yeah, I always figure that, you know, a person that would do something like that is a, is just a complete loser. But yeah. I think at that point, you're such a depth of loser as a human that you don't even recognize what a loser you are. I mean, you know, somebody could tell you you're a loser for doing something like that, but I think you're so bad off as a human that you can't even recognize it. You know? Yeah, so. a lot of people hide behind keyboards, but you know, you right. just look out there in, in, in the world. Uh, you know, a lot of people just don't care about other people's lives anymore. And right. uh, you know, there's some bad people out there. And we just, uh, as a good person, I try to stay away from the bad people. Yeah. And so far, I've done pretty well, but they're out there. Yeah, so you just got to watch. Big room together, and they can uh, hate each other. Yeah, they're, they're out there. Jarrett, rock and reality check. I don't know. Pete just crushed it. So <laughs> that's crushed it. I did not crush uh, it. No, uh, you know. Kind of speaking off some of the things Pete said, to me, yes, Beard going to UT, um, he knew what he was doing, you know, going to Texas. You could argue, like, I've had UT people tell me, well, he graduated from UT, so that's he just went home. Well, he didn't have to go the way he did. We know there's some things that's not even out there, Pete, the, the way, like, I mean, he totally, he tried to eviscerate what was going to be his enemy, you know, everything, he, you know, that had been built here. Yep. And he went out of his way. I mean, uh, even some of the things that's out there that's public, I mean, you can just see it. Um, it doesn't make him just a terrible guy, but he makes him an enemy of Texas Tech. And I hope, I really hope that it's loud and crazy and that the fans give him the business, but I hope everyone's safe. I hope we don't have any crazies throw anything or do anything that embarrasses right, Tech. Yeah. Just because, you know, you know that there's a lot of media out there in Austin. Uh, all over the country that are just, just getting ready. They yeah. got the story ready. They're just going to hit publish, you know, look at these Cretans out there in Lubbock. When the reality is, is salt to the earth people out here, you right. know, um, that are rabid about their Red Raiders, which thank, thank God, because that gives us a job, right? Yeah, if it wasn't right. for them, we wouldn't have jobs. So uh, I, I think it's the way he went out. He couldn't, he couldn't have tried to uh, diminish this program maybe any, any more, yeah. except he, he – he he did, he was unsuccessful in getting Mark Adams to go with him. I, I always love that that line that uh, he wanted me to sit in the middle seat and wear orange, and I don't yeah. want to do either one of those. That's well, classic West Texan. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I, you know, I just I can't wait for that game. Yes, Mississippi State's going to be a great game as well. Um, I'm 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 to the point where my ceiling for Texas Tech basketball this year is are, is hanging banners. I mean, yeah. they're in the mix. If you can go to Waco and beat Baylor, if you could go to Kansas and hang, and yeah, they should have won that yeah. game. I don't look at that as like. I know a lot of people are like, oh, that's great. Uh, they had it. They blew it. You know, it, they, they were up by five in overtime, and they blew it. It was gritty. They hung with Kansas. But I think Tech is better than Kansas right now. 
We'll see when the tournament actually happens, you know, tips off. But right now, Tech is the better basketball team than Kansas. And I guarantee you Bill Self knows that in, in, his, in his heart. You know, and that's why they were dancing so excited about a home win against Texas Tech. Think right, about that. Yeah, you know, yeah. they, they posted that all over social media, them dancing in the locker room. So that's, how, that's where Tech is now, is that you can go to Kansas, lose in double overtime, and feel like, you know, you blew it. Yeah. That's yeah. think about that. Yeah. It's five years ago we'd have been like, Whoa, whoa these guys are great. We let you know, no, they you know, they you know, they should have won that game, but it's okay. Uh they're they're in position still to battle, they need some help in the Big Twelve to battle for a banner there, and then once the tournament starts, they're built to make a deep run. So yeah. I can't wait for that. Of course Texas coming in. Um I, they need to win that game. At yeah. home. That's just yes. Rock and reality check. For pride, win that man. game. You yeah. got to win that game at home. You can't let beer come in here and you know and beat you here in Lubbock with everything right. with with the kind of atmosphere they're going to have. And then as Pete was talking about with Coach McGuire, not just him, but uh, man, the more I look at the hiring of Zach Kitley, the better it is. When I talk to recruits, we're going to talk about uh, Jake Strong, quarterback, 2023 committing. It's all because of Zach Kitley. That's why. I mean, he loves Tech. Don't get me wrong. There's some Tech ties, but he committed because of Zach Kitley. And when I talk to offensive recruits, whether even running backs, especially guys that are, uh, you know, kind of dual purpose or receiving running backs, they want to play in the system. They want to play for the guy who won offensive coordinator of the year in the, in the country for 24-7 sports. Uh, quarterbacks want to play for the, the, the guy who won quarterback coach of the year by pro football focus. I mean, he's got the resume, and obviously he's got a really good personality, and it's working on the recruiting trail. But all those guys are out there. You know, um, Kenny Perry, uh, just go down the list, man. All, Zarnell Fitch, they're in every school, it seems like, you know, and they're really hitting the recruiting trail hard, and they're doing a great job of social media of promoting the brand. And I can't remember, it's, it's got to be since the Leech years when, when Tech's football brand was, was this nice. Like, I, you know, of course, I run a message board inside the Red Raiders. When you go on other 24-7 sports message boards, it's funny to see how it, it used to be, oh, it's Tech. That's not a big deal. Now it's like, oh, no, yeah. it's Tech and McGuire. They're scared because he's such a good recruiter and because of his ties. And I, further evidence of that is this Mega Junior Day event that's come, going on tomorrow. Got a, uh, a list, and I'm sure it's, it's not all, it's not everybody who's going to be there, but uh, we have a very extensive list of some really good uh, junior recruits that are coming in. I, and I'm going to break down, kind of highlight, kind of put in perspective of the, the stark difference between McGuire recruiting and the previous couple of coaching staffs. Yeah. It's, it's mind-blowing. It really is. All right, well, uh, we'll get to that coming up here then. Man, that's, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to just jump right in to, to hear that. All right, uh, this is the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame. We're at Buffalo Wild Wings, the 19th in Milwaukee location today. And uh, come by, grab some work early today. Again, it's Friday. Speaking you, my language, you know, Jeff. Yeah, I'm mean, just telling you. you know, there's, there's no reason to work a full day today. I mean, come on. Let's just be honest about it. So uh, come out here and hang with us here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame on 101.1. This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame. On 101.1, The Beard. Sponsored by Mitch Hall Chevrolet, Chrome, and Hook and Reel. Inside the Red Raiders football recruiting update. All right, uh, so let's start off here. Had a commitment from a 2023 quarterback, that being uh, Jake Strong. Yeah, I love this guy. Um, Justin Northwest there in the Metroplex. He's 6'2", 200 pounds, so you don't. You don't look at him and be like, okay, this guy's huge in terms of uh, 
tangibles as you know measurables, but that's a good size. You know, he's a dual threat guy. He threw for over 2,300 yards, ran for over another 900 yards. Um, he definitely has speed uh, in terms of as a as running ability, but not all the guys that have top end speed have wiggle, and he has wiggle. There's if you look at his his huddle tape. He, you know, he breaks some ankles out there. There's some guys that don't even touch him because, of, you know, in the open field. But what I like the most about him and where I think he's going to fit the best in Coach Kitley's offense is he can make every throw. His, his arm strength, is, we're not talking about Mahomes here and how many guys have that, but he has good arm strength, and he can make every throw. He throws guys open, which you don't see at the high school level a lot. You see that some in college, but you see it in the pro. In pros, you got to do it because yeah. a, a guy could be completely covered, and you got to throw him open. You know, yeah. um, he does that. I like uh, the, his ability to zip it in on some of the shorter to intermediate routes, but I like how he can put touch on like corner routes in the end zone, stuff like that. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's uh, he's also one of those. Uh, uh, you know, they they call him gym rats or whatever. You know, if he studies film constantly and all that, and. Uh, Actually, Zach Kitley was the first one to offer him uh, a, a FBS scholarship, a Division One scholarship, when he was at Western Kentucky. So he's been his guy. They've had a relationship since June. He came in last weekend on a visit. Um, I talked to him before the visit, and I said, you know, do you have a commit timeline of just when you want to make a decision anywhere? And he said, you know, by summer, but, you know, if I don't find the right place, then, uh, you know, that's fine. I could push it back some. And then he committed. Yeah. <laughs> that's how good. That's how good the visit went. You know, what I mean. Yeah. So uh, obviously they did a great job of closing with uh, Jake Strong, and he's ready to help recruit. Uh, this 2023 class is ranked eighth, eighth, not in the Big 12 in the country right now. Yeah. Um, it's early in the class. Don't get me wrong, but still, um, to have your quarterback, to have offense alignment on that defense alignment. Some of, a lot of those guys are going to be here. We're going to talk about it here in a minute. Are going to be here. Uh, for for Junior Day, <clears throat> but he's uh, he's he's perfect uh, in terms of a fit. Yeah, you know, I, he's not he, he, right now. He's unranked, and some of those are skewed because COVID, just like everything else, has pushed back a lot of the in-person uh, evaluations. There's just not as many, and so across the board, you'll see guys with offers from UT, OU, Baylor who are unranked, which that never happens. But uh, you know. We're really, with 24-7 sports, we're trying to see guys in person before we give them an evaluation. We're not right. just going to throw it out there because he's got, they got offers from some, you know, which I like. I'd, I'd rather, you know, wait. Um, but he's going to be a high three or maybe low four star really? guy. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's got that kind of ability. Um, he chose Tech over, I, I think Cincinnati was, is, was who he was considering strongly. But he's a guy, he's picking up offers constantly. I know mean, he's got one from Memphis, came from somewhere else. He's picked up like three or four offers just since uh, he committed to Tech. But uh, his older sister graduated from Tech, so he gets what's going on out here in West mm -hmm. Texas. Uh, I can't see him wanting to play for anybody else other than Zach Kitley. He likes Coach McGuire, too, who doesn't. So uh, I, that's your guy. I think they may add a guy through the portal later in the cycle, depending on what happens with you know the three main guys that are here. If somebody leaves because they don't think they're going to get playing time, which is always a possibility. So, I know. I was about to. I was about to ask you that. Just yeah. you know, and it's always just looking. You know, nobody really knows, but but when you look at uh, <coughs> you know the the hierarchy of the the guys in the quarterback room yeah. now, and then you see a guy like this who I mean, he's still a ways away before he would even sure. be on campus. But you know, trying to trying to predict the 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 lineage, you know, of of 
who'd be the starter for next year? Who'd be the well, guy in waiting? And, the crazy know. thing is, and talking with Coach McGuire, is like he feels so so good about these three guys, and I do too. I mean, yeah. for whatever that's worth, I really do. I love these 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 three quarterbacks, all of them. They're better than what you started in the you know previous seasons. I, yeah. Even I know Donovan Smith. People are he's polarizing. But he's a dude. You know, yeah. he's, he's a gamer. He's the kind of guy who will be off for two quarters and the game's in the balance and he throws like a 40-yard strike or rips right, off a 30-yard yeah. run that, that wins the game for you. So that's – I like that. <laughs> he's yeah. also 6'5", 230, you know. Uh, and then Tyler Shuck, we know about all of his measurables and the resume he has. And then there's Baron Morton. Oh, by the way, right. he was a total dude, as I was saying. Like, he's, he's a guy. You know, he's a West Texan dude. He's one of the highest-rated guys you've ever – or at least in this century that you've, that you've signed – Everything I've heard and seen from him in practice has been really better than what I'd hoped for coming in. It's not like people are like, oh, is Barron not that good? I was like, no, he was a true freshman, dude, yeah. coming from Eastland. You know, right. I mean, he he wasn't going to beat out these guys who, you know, have more experience um, that are similarly talented. So I like those three guys. I think Morton's going to be here for a while. I don't think he's just going to going to take off if he doesn't start this year. But maybe Donovan Smith or Tyler Shuck will if they see the writing on the wall. But then again, when was the last time we saw a quarterback start for a whole season at Texas Tech? You know what I mean? Yeah. They get down to the third or fourth guy. You know what I mean? What was the, I can't even remember the dude's name. They started at Oklahoma that one year. Was that <laughs> that transfer from yeah, yeah, Rice? Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, I can't, yeah. I mean, so, uh, I mean, things happen. Their opportunities will be there. I, I, I think another thing to mention about those three guys is they have a lot of eligibility. Even Tyler Shuck has at least two two more years of eligibility remaining. Oh, Thomas Smith, three. Barrett has four. Yeah. I mean, so then you bring this guy in after next season because he's a junior, you know. He'll be playing in 2030. <laughs> I, I mean, that's how it is now. It's, yeah. it's crazy. So. But with all those good guys, is, is, is there a chance somebody's going to get Maverick MacGyvered out of this in the sense of just sitting back not not getting any playing no. time? Well, I mean – not, I, I mean, I, it could happen. Yeah. Who, you know, if it, what if Jake Strong comes in and he's ready to play as a redshirt freshman and he beats out a Baron Morton? I mean, that, that's hard for me to imagine sitting right here, but it could happen. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, from what I've seen, like it's Shuck and Donovan Smith are going to have a true quarterback battle. I mean, they really are this this off season. This is the first one in like a decade I've, I've been here covering Tech exclusively that I could say that even though it's been out there before that there, there really wasn't. Yeah, they always say that. Mahomes yeah. and Davis Webb, I was like, come on, bro. Yeah. Mahomes is the guy. Yeah. Uh, anyways. I, he I, won that battle again this past weekend. Well, yeah. <laughs> Davis Webb did. <laughs> he man, didn't get what, to play for the Bills, but still. What, what a, what a, Josh Allen is like, other than Pat, is like my favorite quarterback in the yeah. league. I love Josh Allen, man. That dude's a beast. Yeah. Right, we're getting off track here. But yeah, man, I know, yeah. yeah. So There's so much, though, man. Yeah, Just, there is. So, but, uh, but anyway, but yeah, it's it's going to be uh, it's gonna be fun to watch. And a great problem to have. Yeah. You know, you always worry about, like, well, I hope that guy didn't transfer. Yeah. But, you know, if, that, if, if all those guys transfers, that means that one of the other guys was clearly so much better I mean, you know, that's that's a, that's a good problem to have. Let me you tell know? you, this is so not a problem. If I was Coach McGuire, I, it wouldn't even be on the list. Yeah. If one of those guys leave, you still have really good, talented players. You know you can win football games. Yeah. With. So, yeah. I mean, that's where I am with that. All right, so that's cool. And then uh, you got the uh, the Mega Junior Day event yes. this weekend. And there's there are so many uh, really good players uh, coming in, and this is so different. Like, you know, we've confirmed, I don't know, over 50 guys, and uh, – there's going to be more than that. And it's really hard in a segment where we're still talking about other things to try and encapsulate that. But I want to give people an idea how different it is because 
How many times, how many years, or maybe even decades, have we heard you can't recruit to Lubbock? You can't recruit to Lubbock, which is a joke. And that's what this staff said when they came in. I mean, they said, like, what do you mean you can't recruit? This is a sleeping giant. Right. And they're showing that. And I want to give you an idea. This is, I just want to talk about right now the defensive alignment. That's it. Because I know, for me as a fan, I was like, what, what defensive alignment are they getting? You know, because yeah. that's, that's, that's always tough. Uh, for example, four-star defensive lineman Trey Wilson, 6'3", 230, out of Garland Lakeview, Lakeview Centennial. He's a top 50 Texas recruit in the 2023 class. He, could, he told me yesterday he's going to be here. I confirmed with him. Four-star defensive end Avion Carter from Amarillo, Tascosa. I don't know how many times he's visited. 6'4", 240. He's a top 80 U.S. player recruit wow. uh top 20 texas he's gonna be here just those two alone like be like that made a weekend i'll be <laughs> writing stories multiple <laughs> stories on that you know yeah. but, but wait there's this guy remember i said about the unranked right now it's a little behind usual uh but ansel nador 6'3 255 talk to him some out, out of round rock he's unranked but he has offers from tech baylor tcu ut houston smu and utsa he's going to be here so obviously he's going to be ranked high yeah. with all those offers uh three-star defensive line Demar- defensive tackle uh demarion thomas 6'4 325 junior in high school out of tulsa union i think we all know wh- yeah. how good of a uh, program that is there uh, he's top five in oklahoma he's going to be here he told me uh this edge, Colton Vasick, 6'6", 230, junior, Jeez. edge rusher out of Austin Westlake, top 50 Texas player. He's going to be here. Uh, he told me yesterday. Unranked, and this guy, I really, like, out of all these guys, I watched his huddle. I was like, man, this guy is a freak. And he's unranked, but uh, Kevion Huddleston out of Tyler Chapel Hill, one of those beast Texas dudes, 6'4", 235, another edge rusher kind of guy. He only has offers from Arkansas and Tech right now, but uh, Arkansas is having a big event, but he told me he's going to be here uh, at Tech instead. So that's, that's a good sign, too. And then, so, I mean, off, there's several offensive linemen coming in. I don't, there's like at least 10 receivers that are three-star, some four-star guys in there. A couple of running backs I really like. But I'm looking at linebacker because, to me, Tech just needs to continue to get better in the front seven uh, on defense to really make a push and, and rise up the Big 12. One guy in town, a linebacker, uh, four-star Christian Braith, uh Braithwaite, sorry, I probably butchered that. 6'1", 225 out of Cypher Cy Ranch. He's a top 40 Texas uh, recruit. Uh, and then another guy, three-star linebacker, Samaje Burrell. I talked to him for a while yesterday. He's out of North Crowley, uh, 6'1", 215. I really like him a lot. He's got offers from Baylor, Florida State, Ohio State, Arizona State, and Tech. He's going to be here this weekend. Oh, man, you go uh, commits, too. That's one thing is they have a lot of commits that are going to be in town. <clears throat> one of those is Isaiah Crawford. And it's interesting is he used to be listed as a uh, like a defensive end or ed, you know edge rusher. And that's really what I, where I see him as, a, as an edge rusher. But he's a four-star guy out of post. How many four-star recruits have come out of post? <laughs> right. I'm yeah, serious. Yeah. I mean, post has a great football program yeah. for what they are. I mean, they do. But yeah. uh, how many four-star, like you know, national recruits come out of post? I mean, it's right. just rare. Yeah. Isaiah Crawford's one of them. He's staying in, in West Texas, committed to Tech. He's going to be here Saturday. Calvin Simpson Hunt, first guy to offer or first te- or team to offer him was Tech, and he committed after a visiting. He's picked up offers from, like, everybody now. I mean, he's blowing up. He's a four-star on Rivals, three-star uh, on 24-7 Sports. He's out of Waxahachie, but he's going to be here Saturday, uh, tomorrow. So that's big because he loves Tech. He wants to stay committed to Tech, but, I mean, he's getting, like I said, he's going to be national guy by the time yeah. it's all said and done. So you're going to have to, you know, beat back the Bamas and Ohio States of the world to keep him. But he's committed right now. He's going to be here Saturday. Uh, da- Daniel Sill, offensive lineman out of College Station, uh, A&M Consolidated, 6'5", 255. He's going to be here tomorrow. 
uh, linebacker John Curry. Uh, of course, he didn't have to travel very far from uh, Lubbock Coronado. He's going to be there Saturday. Caden Carr out of Amarillo, 6'5", 300. Of course, his uh, big brother, Ty Carr, played offensive lineman, tight end, defensive line uh, when he in his time here. But Caden's uh, a big-time interior offensive lineman recruit. He's committed, and he's going to be here as well. So, uh, And that's just telling you that's the tip of the iceberg. Some of the, like I said, the running backs, uh, receivers, there, uh, there's double-digit receivers that, like, if you're into recruiting, make you drool, thinking that they're all going to be here on, on the same day. So with this uh, junior day, and you, and you go through, there's a pretty impressive list of guys that are in town. Where does this, this junior day, you know, as McGuire's first one, yeah. compare to just a typical junior day of the last, you know, say five years? Oh, well, the five years is the best. It's not even... Yeah. I mean, there's no comparison. It's almost like they shouldn't be called the same thing, like, to wow. be honest. It's that okay. different. There was one junior day that Kingsbury pulled off where he had about a dozen four-star guys in here. I, don't, I think I don't know if they even signed any of them, but he came close. And Tech was in, like, their top three of, of all these guys. But And they like Kingsbury, but, the, again, the brand wasn't the same. I mean, Joe McGuire's flipped this. Yeah. He really has, and his staff. Not just him. I say, uh... Kenny Perry, Emmett Jones. I talked about those receivers. We know who brought those receivers in. Emmett Jones right, did. You yeah. know, uh, Hamby has been really good on the recruiting trail. I've heard really good things about him. Uh, you know, of course, former offensive lineman and the new offensive line coach. Uh, and then all the support staff, just what they're doing with the graphics and the social media you were talking about. I mean, it really has flipped to where people roll their eyes if all oh, Tech offered him to now. Oh no, Tech offered him. Yeah, which is boring yeah. to me. I don't know. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's that's different. crazy. Yeah. No, that's 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 great to hear, and, and it really is trying to keep up with everything that's going on now. Yeah, tell me. I mean, about really, it. I, I think you know, I think the last few years, you know, like following any of that stuff on Twitter. I mean, occasionally you'd see like Tech offered a guy, or it was just there was just right. nothing really ever happening. Now, I mean, every day it's like, man, I, I can't even keep up with. Where do these guys? I mean, they're everywhere, posting pictures from every school yeah. in Texas. And you know, it's, I mean, all what's funny is that uh, I was talking with Jake to speak to what you're talking about with the quarterback commit, Jake Strong, and he said, "Man, I have Twitter fatigue now after all this." And I said, hey, <laughs> "I understand. Trust me." And I, you know, I thought back to Coach McGuire, and he doesn't get Twitter fatigue. His, his, he told me, or he said in a press conference, or he said in an interview that you know, my wife's got to tell me to get off Twitter because I just live on it, and he yeah. does. And you can tell he demands his staff, you know, that they do as well. Oh yeah, because they're hey. just constantly. And one thing he always posts on Twitter is that little picture of Rick Flair. Yes, oh, Rick yeah. Flair is here That's Tuesday, a great point, yeah. and he's, he's here for the basketball game. But I have confirmed, of course, he's going to go over and see McGuire and the team as well. And I'm sure McGuire is going to be oh, in heaven man, that day. That's, he's gonna, that's yeah. right. That is just perfect. Yeah. It's incredible. So, hey, out of all these 60 guys or so, how many do you think end up being Red Raiders? Uh, I mean, at least a handful. Yeah, and I that's mean, good. And I wouldn't say that before, but I mean, I, I bet we'll get a, a couple less goes this weekend. Yeah, you know, and then just what is what, what do, when these guys come in? I mean, they're going to get the tour. They're going to yeah. go to the probably the basketball game. But what is what is I mean, all they'll, capital? They'll, they'll run day? some. They'll do some drills. Right. So these, I mean, obviously the coaches get to see with their own eyes. They're going to measure them. Yeah. So you know, see if it's real. Like this guy says he's right. six two. He's really six <laughs> foot. You know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. our offensive lineman said he dropped twenty pounds, but he's you know fifteen pounds overweight. So yeah. you know what I mean? Like all that kind of stuff. Wingspans. Um, just. You know, all that. I mean, it's 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 kind of like a combine, really. Yeah. You know, and they'll, but they'll do drills, uh, do all kinds of stuff. But yeah, and then Tech gets to show off 
what they're about and then uh, you know, meet meet with some of them. There's so many of them, you know. Yeah. So it's I mean I don't know if they can meet with all those guys. How many guys do you think will be there total? I mean I think it'll be triple digits. I mean yeah, I really right. do. Okay. I mean. Like I said, I, there's no way to – when you have this kind of numbers, there's no way to confirm. And there's going to be guys like me. Like, if I was in high school, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be saying, hey, I'm going to Texas Tech this weekend. You know what I mean? And when reporters are trying to call, I'm going to be like, all right, man. Come on. You know, maybe you just confirm, okay, yeah, I'll be there. I'll help you out. But, yeah. you know, and there's a lot of guys with that kind of personality. That just, yeah. I, you know, I'm just going to handle my business. I don't really want right. to do this, you know. So we're not accounting for that, you know. And yeah. then, you know, even if coaches um, – share some of the list there's going to be more you know there's there's going to be more than that like yeah. that they, they keep adding so all right well it's exciting stuff mega junior day event this weekend here in lubbock all right coming up next we'll unveil this week's rockin 25 college basketball poll with eric haslam michael hunter and special guest this week rocco miller that's when we return here on the red raider outfitter rockin pregame live from buffalo wild wings on 19th near milwaukee on 101.1 the This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on 101.1 The Beard. Sponsored by Pete's Tire and Service in Ropesville and South Plains College. It's time to release the Rockin' 25 College Basketball Poll on the Rockin' Pregame. All right, college basketball is inching towards March. And once again, we have our rocketologist from the Rockin' 25 College Basketball Poll. We're joined by analytics consultant from Haslametrics.com, Eric Haslam, also founder of the ACC Basketball Report, Michael Hunter, and Rockin' 25 voter, Rocco Miller. All right, so guys, the Big 12 SEC Challenge takes place this weekend. Which game uh, do you have your eye on this weekend? Well, for me, the game I'm really looking forward to is definitely going to be Kentucky versus Kansas. That's going to be a four-star game based on my site. I rate everything, and with four being the highest, I believe it's the only four-star game we've got coming up in the next week. Kentucky's number six for me is at number nine, Kansas. Right now, I have Kansas by about 1.3 points per the analytics. Two great offenses, three and four, respectively, with Kentucky and Kansas. Same ranking, just a field goal percentage. Kentucky number three, Kansas number four. Both teams are top 30 in shooting the three. I love watching some good big man action like a monster movie down in the paint between McCormick and Sheebway. I'm looking forward to that. Kansas on a roll, 13 of 14 wins. Kentucky with five of six with a lone loss to uh, to Auburn. Of course, Kansas's lone loss was over that 14-game span was to Texas Tech. I think that one stands to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, that's a great choice, Eric. I think when you look at the entire 10-game fleet, there's a lot going on in each and some intrigue. But the one that's really standing out to me is this Baylor at Alabama matchup for a lot of reasons. You know, Alabama's been a team that gave us an amazing first impression, basically going all the way across the country and beating Gonzaga and just a huge statement win and an essential road game. But what's been going on lately is a lot of people scratching their heads. A loss at Mizzou, a loss the other night at Georgia, a team that was 0-6 and buried at the bottom of the SEC. A lot of locals there in Tuscaloosa are pointing to inconsistency, maturity, chemistry, which are all fair arguments given to some of the data to find out that there's a big gaping hole this season when it comes to shooting behind the three-point line, which we all know Nate Oates loves to do running his NBA-style offense. It's kind of a five-out. Everybody's got to be able to knock down the three. But right now, they're actually shooting under 31% for the year, which ranks 292nd out of 358 D1 schools. Clearly not going to get it done. Now, they did shoot 38% in that big win over Gonzaga. 
and they do have big home wins at Coleman Coliseum this year against Houston, LSU, and Tennessee. So they've risen to the occasion in these big games. Obviously, they have a schizophrenic resume where they have all these amazing wins and some head-scratching losses. I feel like this is a game, again, where Alabama needs to meet the moment. On the Baylor side of things, Jeremy Sohan just came back, and Baylor's undefeated when Sohan's in the lineup. Both their losses came when he was injured. Gave him 21 minutes the other night, probably a little bigger role this Saturday. I think it's just going to be a blockbuster uh, because I think both teams are going to bring it. Yeah, I actually spoke a couple weeks ago about the uh, the Baylor-Alabama game as a game that I look forward to, and Alabama has been less than impressive ever since. Uh, we kind of talked about that a few weeks ago. So I'm looking for Bama to uh, to get back on the board and, and put a good showing on there, just as Rocco said. For me, I'm going to go with the Battle of the Oranges. You know, Texas, Rick Barnes going back to Texas as the coach of Tennessee. He didn't really win as much as Texas fans would have liked, especially in March. The only thing he's done since going to Knoxville is win. So Barnes may be unceremoniously dismissed, especially what happened during the Shaka Smart era. But taking down the Longhorns on their home court would certainly feel... Uh, Pretty poetic, I would think, for Barnes. Two of the you know the top 20 defensive teams in the nation, according to the metrics. Both kind of have a tendency to really struggle offensively at random times. Kennedy Chandler, super freshman for the Vols, kind of got back to playing a little bit consistently after being a little shaky from game to game, kind of through the middle of the season. In a great matchup with super senior Marcus Carr, it should be a great watch. Timmy Allen, Trey Mitchell's back on the court. It's going to be interesting to see how these two defensive teams go at each other and whose offense actually shows up for this game. So it should be a fun watch. It'll be interesting to see how the Austin crowd reacts to Barnes returning to campus as well. All right, guys. Well, let's release the Rockin' 25 poll for this week. Auburn with seven number one votes is number one. Gonzaga second by one point with five number one votes. Baylor third with two number one votes. Purdue and Kansas round out the top five. Eric, right now, which of these five teams has locked in the number one seed if everything goes as expected the rest of the season? I think that's an easy answer. It's going to be Gonzaga. I mean, they're already at the top of the two line at worst. Most people probably have them at the bottom of the one line somewhere. You know, it's based on the competition that they have to face going forward. I mean, what do they got in the WCC? They're going to, what, play St. Mary's, BYU, who else? Santa Clara, Loyola Marymount, who's been a big disappointment. I think the other teams that we mentioned there are just not locked up because there's simply too much cannibalism inside the likes of the SEC, the Big Ten, and the Big 12 to do so. You know, the Big 12 is a fight every single night. All Big 12 teams are inside my top 70 the last I checked. The Big 10, more of the same. You got eight teams in the top 40. You got six of them in the top 25. I would say, in my opinion, that Auburn appears to be in pretty decent shape for a one seed at this point. I think the SEC is a, is a little bit more of a polarized conference with a lot of power at the top. Auburn's schedule coming up, not counting Oklahoma this weekend, but you still have to go through Alabama. You got to go at Arkansas, who's playing a lot better as of late, at Florida, at Tennessee. But otherwise, the schedule there is not that scary for Auburn, in my opinion. But then again, if you lose to some lesser teams along the way that you're supposed to beat, it may work against you. But, you know, circling back, I still say Gonzaga, probably that best situation for a one seed, because most people expect them to cruise through the WCC. And honestly, the way Gonzaga has been playing since the start of 2022, how can you blame them for thinking so? They have just cranked things up to a different level since the start of January. I think Gonzaga with the schedule far and away have the cleanest path to a one seed. Uh, they've already played two of the top four in blowing out BYU, and they struggled with San Francisco for a half, but then blew them out second half. You know, ideally, my friends over here in San Francisco give them a better game when it's down here, but 
by and large, I mean, Gonzaga has really figured things out. They're putting up triple digits now. Uh, that, that offense is humming. Unless you can stop that interior penetration, you're not going to beat them. And I would say on the furthest away, it's got to be Purdue. You know, to Haslam's point, there's all those teams in the top 40 in the Big Ten. But also, you look at Haslametrics.com, you'll notice that Purdue's actually 324th in momentum right now, a negative three rating. And they're also very poor defensively for a team as talented as they are. In certain metrics, you know, Haslam's got them 52nd in adjusted defense. Others have them all the way up in the 70s and 80s. And so that they're actually comparing similar to last year's Iowa's team that nobody could trust. Despite all the offensive weapons and amazing talent Purdue has, they have not figured out how to get organized defensively. That's a huge concern, not only for whatever seed they get, but how far they can make it in the tournament. Yeah, and don't forget that it's very unlikely that Gonzaga loses in their postseason conference tournament the way that right. the WCC tournament is set up. They basically get a bye all the way into the finals. So, you know, it's unlikely that they lose in in that round of 8 or 12 or, or however many teams are in that conference. So Gonzaga is set up very nicely for the rest of the season. All right, well, 6 through 10 of the Rockin' 25 has UCLA up 3 to number 6, Arizona down 2 to number 7, Duke and Houston holding at 8 and 9, respectively, and Kentucky rounding out the top 10. Hey, Rocco, is the Pac-12 underrated with two teams in the top 7 of the Rockin' 25 or just right where it needs to be? Fair. I mean, Arizona and UCLA, I think, belong in the top 10. It's anywhere between, like, 3 and 10 is anybody's opinion. Right now, the problem is opportunity. Both Arizona and UCLA don't get the opportunities that teams in the Big 12, the Big 10, and the SEC get. And the Cats and Bruins had additionally limited chances because they both had shutdowns. UCLA lost a game to Oregon where they had no fans. And it's just been a whole different experience out here versus the other top 10 teams, quite frankly. I think as it plays out, you know, we're going to see these teams play at a high level. Like, I was super impressed when Arizona went to Illinois and got a big win on the road where it was possession by possession, and they answered the bell time after time after time. I think UCLA impressed everybody the other night with their raucous crowd. They finally got their fans back, blew Arizona off the court. Watch out next Thursday when they both rematch each other in Tucson. That's going to be an incredible matchup with a whole different atmosphere and a lot of adjustments from this first matchup, but uh, both very high-quality teams. Keep an eye on Oregon as well right now in the Pac-12. They're 13th in momentum. They've won six of seven. Dana Altman's teams usually get things going usually right around late January, early February. It seems like it's happening again, so keep an eye on Oregon. And look for USC to fade down the stretch. (laughs) All right, exclusive to the Rockin' pregame, it is the Rockin' 25 college basketball poll with our Rocketologists Michael Hunter, Eric Haslam, and Rocco Miller. The middle five of the Rockin' 25 has Texas Tech up one to number 11 this week. Wisconsin down five to number 12. Villanova is up to 13. Michigan State up one to 14. And LSU falling four to number 15. So, Michael, which teams are still overrated in our top 15? You know, I'm not sure anybody in this group is particularly overrated, but LSU hasn't been playing well as of late now they have three of their top players dinged up at the at the moment uh they played without darius days and xavier pinson the other night terry eason left the game in the second half against texas a&m actually left the game twice in the second half against texas a&m so right now three of their double digit scorers are all dinged up they happen to also be three of their best defensive players on the team on a team that has lived on their defense all season ranking number one in most metrics in the country I still like LSU because of their fantastic defense. 
but they already rank outside the top 120 in offensive efficiency. And now, as I said, three of their four double-digit scores are nicked up and will likely hinder them further on the offensive end. Not to mention those three players, again, are three of their best defensive players, especially Days, who is the key on that. Um, Xavier Pinson and uh, Eason they combined those players go for five steals per game and almost two blocks per game. So they are keys on every possession on the defensive end. Again, if I think if uh, LSU is at full strength, they're not really overrated. They had a lot of good wins early in the season, and they were ranked as highly as they were for a reason. But until this team gets healthy, it's very difficult for me to believe in them. And Will Wade kind of showed, I don't want to say his true colors because I think we know what those are at this point, but he, he showed a little bit of panic in his outburst last week the pressure and and things of that have kind of come up within his program and, and injuries and things like that are, are coming out in him a little bit so I, I think right now LSU's a little bit shaky until they string together a couple more good games in a row I think I would uh, I would fade LSU a bit out of this group of five well, I'll throw Wisconsin in the mix just not from an overrated standpoint I think I think Michael had a great point that these teams are all appropriately rated for today but if you're looking for a team that could regress down the stretch I only look at Wisconsin because a little warning sign last week, giving up 86 to Michigan State in a tough home loss. They depend on three sophomores and two freshmen, which usually is totally fine in this sport. But this is the oldest year of college basketball that we've ever seen or in the history of the sport. And I just think as you get into these tougher games down the stretch, is it all going to hold up? They've been a beautiful story. But to be you know, a top 12 team in the country and maintain that throughout the year, if anybody's going to regress, that might be the team. And I was at that game, that Wisconsin game at the Cole Center, where it just, you know, they, they lost Tyler Wall. They didn't have him for that game. But Johnny Davis just forced way too much. It was just an ugly performance. I believe it was rated as the worst performance of the year was for Wisconsin this season. They need to be strong. They need to be healthy. And with if you lose a guy like Tyler Wall, yeah, it, things are going to start crashing down. He might be the ultimate glue guy for that team. And we said it for years in regards to Marquette with Marcus Howard on a team that has a ball-dominant guard that they rely upon so much offensively. Those are teams you should be leery of come tournament time. Well, 16 through 20 of the Rockin' 25 college basketball poll has Ohio State up 3 to 16. Providence making moves in the Big East and in our poll up 4 to 17. Illinois, USC, and Tennessee round out the top 20. Eric, which teams are analytically lagging behind but yet are still getting respect from AP and Rockin' 25 voters? Well, that's another easy one, in my opinion, and the answer for that one is the Providence Friars. You know, they, they sometimes win pretty. They oftentimes win ugly. But the fact of the matter is they do find ways to win. You can't argue with that. And every year there are teams that there's just a big disconnect between their performance ranking, which is who they are, and what their record quality or their resume, what they've accomplished is. When it comes to Providence, you know, they're, they're a classic example of this. They're 17 and two. They're number five in record quality at, at my website, but at the same time, they're number 67, way down there in the performance rankings. Well, you ask yourself, how does that happen? Well, that happens a couple ways. First of all, you have some less than enthralling victories along the way, mainly single digit home victories over the likes of a team like number 178 Georgetown or number 161 Butler. And those are more recent outcomes. Those hold more weight because they were recent. And I think that Providence, they lack that certain punch of really decimating certain mediocre opponents. And I'm not even talking bad opponents. I'm saying mediocre opponents. If you're an elite team, you have to do that a few times throughout the season. And Providence really hasn't done that. The other thing is the really bad, the hideous, ugly losses. And Providence has two. And it's their only two losses of the season. There was the blowout 
home loss to Virginia back in November that scored a negative 35 at my site based on the, the game efficiency rating. And then even worse, a blowout loss at Marquette earlier in January that scored a horrific minus 47.3. A lot of people might argue those are outliers. Well, in my opinion, they happen. You just can't discount them. They may have less weight because of how early they went analytically final, but there's still plenty of bang for the buck to do damage there. So though Providence has a very good record and might draw a fairly decent seed in the NCAA tournament, if the season ended today, the analytics identified the Friars as suspect. They would probably be that perfect five-seed victim come March if they got matched up against a high-end mid-major 12-seed or even a play-in team with a little momentum going into that game. Eric, as, as Marquette continues to win, does that loss look better? I guess Absolutely. Absolutely, because everything behind the scenes is based on transitive comparisons. So as those teams rise up the rankings, all of those losses, those bad losses, or any kind of losses, or any performances against a team that keeps climbing will make you look better. All right, the final five of the Rockin' 25 has UConn at 21. You might be able to trust Shaka Smart as Marquette makes an appearance at 22. Colorado State holds tight at 23. Xavier at 24, and Davison before their loss to VCU is 25. Rocco, with Shaka Smart thriving at Marquette, and he who must not be named struggling in Austin, was it a coaching problem or a university problem for UT? Great question. I, I think it's always about fit, right? And so you can't help the fact that Texas is this financially bohemoth university when it comes to athletics. Certainly top five, even in men's basketball. And the expectations are through the roof. And you can think part of that to Rick Barnes. He looked back from the 1999 season all the way to 2012, 14 straight NCAA tournaments, three Elite Eights and a Final Four. And I feel like anybody old enough to remember even part of that expects Texas to at least do that. And eventually some coach is going to come along and get them to a national championship because Barnes was so darn close for so many years. So I think that's part of it. And Shaka Smart is not going to be anybody else but himself. When he came over from VCU, he tried to run the same program, find his kind of players. He was expected to get McDonald's All-Americans. He did get a couple along the way. But, of course, those kinds of kids have different expectations, not only of themselves, but of what the program's going to give to them. And I, I just don't think Shaka can be his, his best version of himself as a coach in that type of environment with that type of pressure. And last year, we entered year five of the experiment, and he actually had his best year. They became a number three seed. They won the Maui Invitational. They did a lot of good things last year, but it came to a screeching halt by losing to Abilene Christian in the first round. And it was just such an easy, clean your hands, and then he had an opportunity to go home and parachute to Marquette. And I think it's working well at Marquette for a couple of reasons. One, because he, the way the transfer portal works, he was able to go out and get Morsel from Maryland. Tyler Kolek from George Mason won the A-10 Freshman of the Year. And then he also was able to keep Justin Lewis, who is now a contender for Big East Player of the Year. He's playing out of his head. Everything's working well because now Marquette's a place where he can be comfortable. He was, within months, able to get a roster that fits his style of play. Uh, Colette, uh, that kid's got one of the best attitudes you can find, and he's a blue guy on the court. He'll give you everything as a college basketball player. It's all working right away, and so I just think the combination of all of that is the reason why Texas kind of got left in the dust in the, in the whole situation. Two things about the Texas job real quick. The Texas basketball job is a heck of a lot easier when the Texas football program is winning football games. <laughs> Seems to be less pressure on the basketball coach at that time. Shaka Smart did not have Mike Rhodes with him when he went to Texas as Rhodes had moved on to a head coaching job. Rhodes is the architect of the Havoc defense, which 
played so well at VCU, he's showing that while he's at VCU now. So Mike Rhodes was a big part of Shaka's success before he went to Austin. All right, so other teams receiving votes on the 25 this week include Alabama, BYU, Florida State, also Iowa and Iowa State, Loyola Chicago, Murray State, Oregon, St. Mary's, Texas, and Wake Forest. So, Michael, as we approach February, which teams need to make a move or face invites from the NIT or CBI? Well, from this group, I would have to say that Florida State needs to get back on track. Uh, that loss to Georgia Tech the other night just just doesn't really look good, and neither do the numbers really outside of their record. They have a net of 70 right now. Non-conference strength of schedule is 163rd. You know, to dig a little bit deeper, they they currently have a trio of uh, quad three losses, which is never a good thing. The Seminoles really need to turn it on. It looked like they were starting to come together, but uh, hitting the road, going to Atlanta. And losing to a Georgia Tech team that was really kind of struggling with only a win against D2 or D3 Clayton State, I think was the game they played before that, is kind of a bad mark on the Florida State report card. The other one out of this group I would take is Iowa State, which is a little strange. They're 27th on the net. They're 6-4 and four against quad one opponents, which both fantastic. However, that dreaded NCSOS is a horrendous 298th in the country. The Cyclones are trending in the wrong direction, having lost five of their last eight. The Big 12 is obviously difficult, but their schedule is somewhat manageable the rest of the way. They get Kansas at home. Think of the Big 12, you think of the schedule, you want those tough games at home. That's kind of how the Iowa State schedule lines up for the rest of the season. I don't really understand why people focus on non-conference strength of schedule instead of overall strength of schedule. To me, it's kind of looking at half the picture when evaluating a team. That said, even though they play in the Big 12, it's still only 70. So this might not be a great example of why I don't like the non-conference strength of schedule. That said, I ultimately think Iowa State will be okay. 15-5, and five, a bunch of quad one wins. I think they just need to win the games that they're expected to win the rest of the way, and they'll be fine. But out of this group, I think those two teams really need to turn it around in order to make NCAA tournament. Yeah, and Michael, I'll do my best to answer that as a as a you know selection committee guessing guy. The reason I think the non-conference strength of schedule matters, and I think it only matters for selection. I do not think it matters at all for seeding. So it really comes down to, if you take 36 at-large bids is what we get every year, the last five or six teams is really all it applies to. The other 30 are probably ODM before we get to Sunday. So those last five or six, if you're, you know, even Wake Forest, they're 322 right now. If they start to stumble and get close to the bubble again, they're going to be in this position. I think it comes down to splitting hairs. And, and the questions the committee always asks is, who did you play? Where did you play them? How did you do? And when your non-conference strength of schedule is that low, you're really telling the committee you didn't play anybody, which is what you can control, especially out of Power 5. You have the ability to go contract anybody you want. You get invited to a lot of different events. So that, that's a lot of the reasoning. Now, again, th- this these concepts came up 20-plus years ago, so perhaps can be reevaluated in the, in the net era, but that's really where it matters. I, I think that it's just, instead of looking at overall strength of schedule, it's like judging a bikini contest while they're wearing a nun outfit. You just, you're only getting a little <laughs> bit of the picture. You know what I mean? I think overall strength of schedule is a better metric as well. Nice. I think it's called a habit, Michael. Pete knows about nuns. It's the, <laughs> it's the Rockin' 25 college basketball poll with our rocketologist, Eric Haslam, Michael Hunter, and Rocco Miller. Which game is the game you have to watch out for in the next week? Well, can I say Texas to Texas Tech next Tuesday? I'm sure nobody has that game. (laughs) No, no, I'll I'll go a little under the radar. Um, Definitely not must watch, but a pretty good game nonetheless is Monday, which is my number 2016 Colorado State traveling to number 56 Wyoming on Fox Sports 1. 
Two Mountain West teams thinking at-large bids, combined record 31-4, and four, projected outcome, less than a quarter a point of a difference. Uh, we actually have Wyoming favored over Colorado State at this point. Two really solid offenses, great shooters on both sides. A win here could look pretty good on one team's resume. It's likely a win that Wyoming needs far more than Colorado State, but definitely should be a fun one to watch in the MWC. You know, Michael mentioned beauty pageants earlier, and I think, you know, we have a lot of different types of listeners out there. And so this is kind of like a beauty pageant type of question. What kind of thing are you into? And, I, you know, so I'll give you one for each of the audiences. So if you're a heavyweight fan, and we already mentioned the Big 12 SEC Challenge, you got two awesome games coming to you on Sunday. You got Ohio State at Purdue, and we also talked about Marquette and Providence. They're going to match up Sunday as well. That's going to be awesome. If you like bubble games, go ahead and turn into Boise and Fresno Friday night. I mean, those two teams can really get physical and play defense. If you want a rock fight to get your weekend started, turn on Boise and Fresno. If you like a conference battle for first place and teams that get under each other's skin, do me a favor. Sunday afternoon, watch Loyola Chicago at Drake. Those two teams get after each other. Played an epic final at Arch Madness last year. So pick your poison. Yeah, I feel like we've talked about the big-time conferences so far right now in uh, the Big 12 and the Big 10. I'm going to go to the Big East and actually say that, you know, we. <laughs> I've had some fun with Marquette. I've had some fun with Shaka Smart over the past year. I'm going to say go to Villanova heading to Marquette. I've given a lot of grief to Shaka. I've given a lot of grief to Marquette over the years. It's kind of glorious that those two train wrecks have collided before this season. Smart is doing a tremendous job this season. Nova's going to be looking to avenge a loss to the Golden Eagles just a week ago, but Marquette is kind of rolling right now. That said, Nova's also won eight of their last nine. This should be a great game in the Big East. All right, so where can people find you guys' work? Twitter, I'm at Miller 8 my website, Bracketeer.org, you can come to anytime you'd like. There's going to be a lot more bracketology focus as we go between here, almost the beginning of February until Selection Sunday. Uh, there'll be features on Bubble Watch. We have a Teams of the Week article each week, and we also personally on various podcasts nationally, so just look at the Twitter account for those announcements. You can follow me and the collective at VCBBIQ on Twitter. I'm also posting some team previews on the locker room at betus.com under a pseudonym, so you won't see my name, but I did write the articles, I promise you. And you can find me at basketballarticles.com. And as always, people can find me, my ratings, my rankings, my projections, my bracketology over at haslametrics.com. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter going hashtag analytically final at haslametrics. We're getting closer to the madness. Our thanks to Rockin' 25 voters Eric Haslam, Michael Hunter, and Rocco Miller for breaking down the analytics and the teams. The Rockin' 25 college basketball poll, always available at 101thebeard.com. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right. Talk to you next week. When we come back here, it's uh, time for some more Inside the Red Raiders recruiting. This time we'll get you updated on basketball. And uh, come hang out with us today at Buffalo Wild Wings. We're at the 19th in Milwaukee location. Uh, get some wings, an icy cold one, and uh, let's face it, let's kick, uh, you know, kick it for the rest of the day. Don't go back to work. How about that? Done. Yeah, we'll, we'll write a note if we have to there. So uh, this is the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on 101. Point- this is Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on 101.1 The Beard. Sponsored by Cotton Court Hotel, E-Equipment, and Weston Water Well Drilling and Pump Service. Inside the RedRaiders.com recruiting. All right, uh, some basketball recruiting news. Uh, of course, uh, big commit earlier this week. I guess we'll start there, right? 
Yeah, Drew Steffi, 6'6 guard um, at a Frisco Memorial. He's known as a sharpshooter. I mean, you just watch his film. Uh, the guy is exactly that. I think the cool thing about him, though, is he's really worked to uh, evolve his game, to, to improve in other areas. He really wants to be known as a, like a combo guard, a guy that can handle the ball. And, of course, he's worked on his defense. Um, at 6'6", he's got length. He's not the most, I'd say, athletic guy in terms of like a top 70 recruit nationally, but he is athletic, and he can play defense. So uh, he's the kind of guy that uh, everybody knows about him. He's been chronicled by all kinds of media and like video things, like you know, chronicling his seasons and his play, and he's an AAU star as well. So he, it's the kind of commitment that raised a lot of eyebrows, like, okay, <laughs> Coach Adams and his staff strike again. They can recruit. So, uh, you know, just just a big commitment uh, and, and huge news. He, he committed right after his visit to his official visit to Texas Tech last weekend. <clears throat> Our own uh, Austin Massey at Inside the Red Raiders has been all over it. <clears throat> he actually interviewed him and had a story up very soon after the, the announcement. And uh, here's a quote from Drew Steffi about his commitment. He said, Texas Tech fans are the best fans I've ever seen and been around in my life, and I can't wait to play for them and give it everything I have day in and day out. He went on to say, the Texas Tech staff loves my game and told me they could really use a guy with my skill set. I feel like it's a perfect combination of everything. I'm, I'm a willing defender and will absorb all of Coach Adams' knowledge. And I make shots. That's what I do. I plan on breaking the school and Big 12 records for threes made while helping the team win a natty. Nice. I don't know about y'all, but that sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> I like yeah. when they talk about the natty. Right? That's good. Yeah, and, uh, you know, to be confident. You don't want some big-time recruit coming and be like, well, you know, I'll give it my all. No, come on, be confident. Right, you know? yeah. so, and, and he's definitely that. So that, you know, that was a huge commitment. Uh, like I said, raised eyebrows uh, around the country. But you know what? He wasn't the only visitor last weekend. They had a five-star shooting guard in, actually from Canada, uh, Elijah Fisher. This is, uh, of course, these are the 2023 class, um, not the 2022 class. But uh, he's the number 17 overall recruit according to the 24-7 sports composite uh, for the 20, 2023 uh, recruiting class. I mean, think about that. The number 17, that would be the highest-rated guy, hypothetically, if Fisher signed with Tech, that Tech has, has ever landed. Seems like every season you get another <laughs> I one know. of those guys, though. Isn't it crazy? It's, yeah. it's true. You yeah. know? Uh, and, you know, he's another 6'6 guard. He can do a little bit of everything. Uh, Austin Massey also caught up with him. He said, I see myself fitting in. Uh, the Texas Tech system really well. I feel like I'll fit into any situation. Doesn't matter where I'm, where, I'm a hooper. So another uh, very confident dude. He said his official visit with Texas Tech was amazing. It was a great OV, and he really it really opened up his eyes. He said he bonded with all the players and coaches during his time in Lubbock. He really enjoyed it and, and loves the coaching staff. So, I mean, you get these two guys, you're talking about just alone, probably a top 20, top 25 class. You know they're going to add more to that. So, But that's how highly rated. I mean, you get a to a top 70 guy and a top 20 guy to start your class, it's going to be pretty nice, you know? And then to have those guys and then know that, you know, the transfer portal still going to be yep. out there and be able to plug in the holes. I mean, it's it's really to have those kind of guys come in and have something maybe to build on for a few years. I mean, assuming they're not like one-and-done guys right. you never know anymore. But but do you think these guys really are? It seems like every time Tech gets a guy where it's like, oh, yeah, they need an outside scorer. This is the guy. And it never really seems to be quite as advertised but is right. this Steffi is this the kind of guy do you feel confident is he the guy that comes in and can light it up like I mean you watch else? his film yeah and even it gets mm -hmm. really good competition like I hit five threes the other night or actually it was the 
last season. But he had five threes against Duncanville last year. I mean, that's yeah. one of the best programs in the country. So uh, in, in, on the AAU scene against other highly rated guys, I mean, he has no problem. His range yeah. is very much like we saw, we talked about with Ethan Duncan, where after he crosses midcourt, you got to look out because he'll launch from anywhere. But he'll also, it's not just like he's a, spot up in the corner shoot guy i mean he, he'll he'll bust one in your face off the dribble too you know yeah. so it's he's uh, yes he's a sharp shooter now will he lose his touch i mean look at kevin o'banner he was one of the you know right, best yeah. shooters in the in the country last year especially for big men and you know he struggled so i mean you never know but uh overall o'banner's been good but in terms of his outside shooting touch he hadn't you know lived up to the hype so i see what you're saying but uh yeah. you know Going back to what you said about the future, I, I'm not even mentioning the 2022 class. A lot of the guys that have already signed, that's uh, 28th in the country, fourth in the Big 12 right now. Uh, Pop Isaacs is a uh, top 70 guy. You got Robert Jennings who just tweeted out he's going to be here, uh, you know, for the game. Lamar Washington is a 6'4 three-star guy, and you know he's a top 150 type recruit, which. After talking about all these top 100, top 50 guys may not get people excited, but he was also a three-star football recruit. He's a really good athlete. Uh, just a huge uh, get. And don't forget about Jalen Tyson. You know, right. oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, former four-star guy who originally signed with Tech but then went to Texas and now is transferring back to Tech from Texas. So 6'6", six, six. and that's another guy who is advertised as a sharpshooter. Hey, of all these guys, which guy are you most excited about for the Red Raiders? Pop Isaacs, yeah. because they need a point guard. They need a guy who, the classic floor general, you know, is what we've, we haven't really seen since Keenan was here. And uh, I, I, think, I think he's that. That's, you watch his game. I mean, he might get you 12 assists one night, or he might get you 20 points, whatever you need, you know? Yeah. Well, it's like having a guy like, it's like that game against Kansas here, like a, a Baji who just seemed like, yeah. that, that's the kind of guy that seems like consistently can fill it up from three, you know, make those big shots like that. So to have a guy like that. Yeah. I, I, be, you look at the stats, and Texas elite, or Texas Tech is elite in almost every stat except for three-point and free-throw shooting, you yeah. know? And it's not good. It's, it's, you know, one of the worst in the country, especially from three-point. And just imagine if they raise it to where they were middle of the road. Yeah. You imagine if they were middle of the road in the country, this would be the best team in the country. Yeah. I, I don't think that's an exaggeration. I mean, if you're a bad shooting team and you can go beat Baylor or Waco, I mean, think about that. Right, you know? yeah. I, so, well, as bad as, as they shot at, at Kansas. I mean, right. free throws, outside shooting. And to take it to double overtime and still scored over 90 points. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Their defense, by every metric, is like top five in the country. Yeah. And you could argue it's better. And then uh, the rebounding and their interior presence is as good as I've ever seen. I mean, since yeah. they had Tony Batie here, you know, I mean, like just the combination of those guys is Bryson Williams is playing at an all Big 12 level. So if you can get somebody who they had to just say, like you said, Abachi, where we can't lay off this guy, we got to stick, stick on him, it would open up so much more for the rest of the offense. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, it's always always exciting stuff when it comes to uh, to basketball recruiting. Well, all recruiting now for Tech. Yeah. It seems like it's it's all exciting now. You know, so it's a good good time to good time to be a Red Raider. That's for sure. All right. Uh, still more to come here today. We've got. Uh, let's see. We'll be talking some. Pete will have a Lady Raider update coming up a little bit later on. You know, Lady Raiders again are just like right there. But, man, just can't quite get over the hump. But uh, we'll get you updated on their progress this week. And then Red Raider basketball coming up next year.
We'll uh, talk about, uh, you know, the, the win over West Virginia, the almost win over Kansas. Then you got a game against Mississippi State tomorrow. And then, of course, the game everybody's had circled on the calendar is that Tuesday night matchup against Texas. So uh, we'll break it all down. Coming up next here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' pregame from Buffalo Wild Wings, 19th in Milwaukee on 101.1. All right, so uh, it's been uh, been a lot of fun this year for the Red Raiders. Of course, had the uh, home win last Saturday against West Virginia, and you know that game is always such just such a grind, and there was so many fouls in that game, and that's just the way it is when you when you play West Virginia. But uh, Tech it's a fight. got it really the, is. it is you know, and uh, but Tech got uh, got a great win. I mean, it's always hard to beat West Virginia. You know, they're just they, you know Huggins one of the. Best coaches ever. And, and that was uh, his, like, 1,500th game he'd coach. Only five wow. coaches have, have done that in the history of college basketball. And, man, that was a tight game. And then it was real close late, and then Tech really turned it on. Uh, I got to be there with, with my girlfriend, Lorelai, off work that day, just chilling with the fans. And uh, it was a great game. Great game. Yes, yeah, so you had that, had that win. Then the uh, double overtime loss to Kansas at the Fog. I mean, that, that game just, boy, it's it's amazing that uh, Tech was was in the game like they were based on you know just the the shooting. I mean you yeah. know there was I mean obviously and the for, they'd be the first to tell you you know Shannon and McCuller didn't have their best games and uh, you know free throw shooting for the team. I mean just there were so many yeah. things that it's remarkable that Tech was you know took that game to double overtime shooting that way you and know? You, you kept waiting for kansas to make that run and blow it open yeah. and the crowd to go crazy and they went up by what 12 i believe yeah and you think okay the wheels are gonna go. come off you know and they didn't tech fought back obviously forced overtime and then they were up by five in overtime and, you, and it looked like they were gonna win and yeah. then abaji started bombing away and everything yeah. and, and they ended up losing it but yeah really good uh grit i guess yeah you know which we've come to expect from this team over the years i think that's carried over from mark adams obviously uh they're maybe even tougher than before you know right. especially the last like two it. seasons yeah. you know um they play great defense they're so long on the perimeter from the wings all those six six guys whether it be mcculler and shannon and arms all those guys and you had tough guys like clarence coming in mm-hmm. Malik wilson gives you a little bit of that floor general i was talking about and then on the interior is really where i think this team is has a chance to be elite. I mean, Bryson Williams is playing as good as anybody in the yeah. Big Twelve. He had like thirty-three in that <laughs> yeah, game. Yeah. yeah, he looked really good. And Kevin O'Banner, while his shooting touch hasn't been there, I mean, his rebounding has. He's been a better. Both of them have been been better defenders than I thought they were going to be. Yeah. Both on the ball and then as team defenders. Um, you know, and then he's scoring on the interior. So I mean, I think he was Big Twelve newcomer of the year just like a week or so ago. So, uh, or not of the year of the week, of the week just yeah. a w- week or so ago. And then then you come off the bench. Uh, with Marcus Santa Silva, who his stats aren't great, but he's playing like elite defense in yeah, terms yeah. of like when he switches on the perimeter, like he's not just not a liability, but he is like he's a stopper all of a sudden. Yeah. And then he's been really good as like an outlet in the high post when some of the guys have struggled ball handling or whatever, he can kind of reset the offense. And then you got Bacho who comes in and he's your best rim protector. So you have four really good interior guys, uh, which I think makes this team elite. Yeah, yeah, and that's something that yeah, typically tech, you yeah. know, just overall of the years, you know, right. just being a dominant inside team or something like that, you know, you just don't, you don't see that typically. No. So yeah, it's been really nice. But you know, Bacho to me has been the biggest surprise of yes. the whole year. 
with man when he gets in there and you know is rebounding. You know, he's uh-huh. been really, uh, really impressive. You know, so, uh, but yeah, for them to for Tech to almost pull off that win, double overtime against Kansas, with plenty of things they could have done a lot better. Yeah, I mean that really that does that to me. It speaks about really how good this team really is. And one thing I saw afterwards that I really liked was they get back early in the morning. And Barrett, Coach Peary tweeted out a picture of Adonis Arms. He went right to practice by himself shooting at the Womble. And then at, four, at 3 a.m. he was shooting. Uh, Barrett Peary put that p- picture out. And then on Instagram, uh, Adonis Arms showed at 426 he was still out there shooting. Wow. And people were like, man, does he not have an early class? I don't know, but the guy's <laughs> dedicated to his craft. And I like that. And I'm a big Adonis Arms fan. Or either there he's got hoot sweet and, you know, he... <laughs> Schedule some photos. No, I'm just kidding. He had a, that was that, that's, that's great he, uh, dedication. Though, he, had right a, he had a rough game against Kansas, too. There were some mental lapses on defense, and he just, which, I mean, it's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, he was the hero or one of the heroes in that win, you know, against Baylor in Waco. So he had a really good stretch going. I think that is, the to me, what's interesting is one of the biggest strengths on this team is one potentially one of the biggest weaknesses is that it's almost like it's too deep. How do you find yeah. the minutes for – uh, you know, Arms and Shannon and McCullough and Nadalny and all that, you know, consistently. How, do you, yeah. how does Mark Adams juggle all that? Because it's not easy. Yeah. I think the interior rotation is set. I really do. I think they have a good idea of what they want to do. Um, on, the, on the perimeter, I think they're still trying to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, it's ever since Shannon came back, you know, it's, you know, because they, when he was hurt there, you know, they just got things rolling so well yeah and then shannon comes back and you're sitting there going well that's you know arguably one you know one of your best players yeah, yeah you know and you you certainly want to play him but but it is it's it's weird like trying to f- find a place for all these guys you know that are at, at various games have have been the guy yeah know? and the thing with shannon is you know what he could do i mean what he had 20 i think he was the the game high scorer in the west virginia one i believe I so, yeah. and but you know, it's inconsistent right now because he's missed so many games. I mean, mm-hmm. don't forget he missed several of the early games because of the eligibility issues and all that. You yeah. know what I mean? And then the back injury. So, I, really, him and McCullough both, they just, you know, they're tough. They're a big part of what this whole culture is here, but they've just missed a, missed a lot of games. Yeah. So, it's just been kind of interesting to see uh, how Coach Adams balances all that. Yeah, it's and, and boy, you just hope that uh, – love to see – um, Shannon and McCullough both really be able to come out in this game tomorrow and just, you know, shoot better and everything. Yeah. And especially Kevin McCullough. I tell you, this this thing that happened this week, everybody's yeah. probably heard about it by now, but, you know, just idiots on Twitter you know, sending death threats. I mean, you know, that's, that's about the, oh, the, the biggest loser in, in the world is someone who would send, well, anybody a death threat, but guys, right. particularly a college player i mean you know and a guy like kevin mcculler too because yeah, you know what yeah. kevin mcculler may have not had his best game and he knows it and i'm sure that it, 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 he was more upset about about that than anybody but is there any red raider player no. that is more of a warrior and a representative for this team and a fighter and a guy that gives everything playing injured i mean and a legacy i mean his dad yeah, was a linebacker yeah. for you know Coach yeah, dykes in the 90s so i mean this is like the the last person you expect from if it really was from a red raider and we know that's the thing we don't know yeah you always but if, you, if it was a red raider did it you're not a red not raider a red fan. Raider. you're no, not, not you're really. not yep. right now you're just just not a decent human being that's no, well that's even worse no yeah. matter what you do you know but uh, another thing layer to this is i hope mcculler 
realizes that as a player in the limelight, um, he's going to get messages from crazies. Yeah. I mean, that's just part of it. Yeah. I mean, so I hope he develops tough skin. Not that he doesn't have tough skin. I'm just saying, I hope he hope he does have tough skin and he develops it because there are a lot. I mean, there are crazies out there. You yeah. know, and you're going to hear from them. Yeah. Everywhere. Well, I don't know. Like I said, I just think he's just one of the greatest uh, Red Raiders, really, yeah. just as a, you know, just, just a, as a person and everything. You just hate seeing stuff like that happen to anybody, but particularly a guy with the credentials of yep. Kevin McCuller, you know, when it comes to just being a gamer, you know. One quick thing about this game coming up against Mississippi State, because I know we're all looking forward to this game against Texas, but right. this is a good team. This is a team that just went to overtime with Kentucky, just like yes. Tech went to overtime with Kansas. So, you know, I hope, you know, obviously Coach Adams knows this. The staff, there's a, it's a veteran staff. A lot of these got veteran players on the team. You just you can't overlook Mississippi State because Texas is coming to town a couple of days yeah. later. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's you will lose. You will lose. Well, and but it, but it is a game. It almost feels like a. Uh, I mean, the the Big Twelve has been so epic this yeah. year from a battle. Just every single game, you know, is like a elimination game. The tournament, and to have a game like this that in the grand scheme of things, yeah. doesn't mean a ton, really. Well, we can overlook know? it, but the players right, and coaches... Right, right, yeah. right, exactly. But but you can see how, how easy it would oh, be yeah. to feel like, oh, gosh, man, i got a, got a game off here, man. I mean, you know, because it's not a Big 12 uh, epic battle. Do you remember, though, I think we thought the same thing last year going into the LSU game. Remember yeah. that epic comeback oh, that they a, made yeah, where they like, steal game, three, yeah. steal three. That, that, yeah. was, that was awesome. And then when Kentucky came here and, and Calipari just raved about the culture we have here as yeah, fans. True. and yeah. so uh what an opportunity tomorrow five o'clock tomorrow espn2 uh big 12 sec uh mississippi state coming to town and tech's 12 and 0 at home so you hope they win this one and they can get by texas i mean you got to win at home and uh the crowd's going to be unbelievable Oh, yeah. And I'd say that game Tuesday, there's probably never been a game that more Red Raiders have had circled on a calendar ever in history. I mean, this is yeah. Oh, yeah. everybody. But it's like one of those, I'm, I'm, I want to I want to get it over with, though. Because, <laughs> with the win, right? Yeah, yeah you yeah. do. you got to win this game, yeah. you know, because the, the worst – the worst thing that I, I I can imagine is walking out of the USA with oh my yeah. gosh really that jerk came in here and won oh best case scenario know, just, best case scenario it's a crazy atmosphere it's almost kind of scary there's some fear in the air but nothing happens no one's hurt right, nothing right. out of bounds is said right and tech wins worst case scenario the opposite basically you yeah. know I mean so, somebody gets hurt somebody does something stupid to embarrass you know the area in the in the and the university yeah. and and Texas wins. Yeah, you so. hope you hope none of that happens. You want Lubbock to be dangerous again. You want people to be scared of coming here. Yeah, but but yeah, exactly. Let's say how you want the, the Jones, but you, you don't. I, I agree with what you said. Yeah. You don't want anything to really happen. The best crowds have some about, fear, but not right. actually. There's no riot. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, Except so. the Raider riot. You know that's okay there. Yeah. <laughs> Right. But uh, anyway, no, uh, I tell you, though, it's going to be, oh, I, I just can't imagine the, the atmosphere oh, Tuesday man. night, what that's going to be And it's like. a blackout. Yeah, it is a blackout, so that's good. So uh, get your blackout gear, Red Raider Outfitters, are, they got all kinds of stuff, man, for a, for a blackout for sure. So get to any of the locations and uh, get what you need for Tuesday night. Place is going to be people are going to be hanging from the rafters and and you know standing room only and everything else. I mean, it's going to be it's going to uh, be great. I it's going to be epic, really. Do you think this will be a record crowd? Oh, I know the fire marshal's probably going to be on hand. Put yeah. it that way, yeah. you know. But I mean, if it was ever a game that was going to be a record crowd 
for Texas Tech basketball. Have game. you seen how, yeah. how expensive some of the tickets are going yeah. for? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, so. man. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, it's uh, it's it's going to be here before you know it. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Got to take care of business. That Mississippi State game tomorrow, five o'clock. All right. Coming up next, um, it's uh, I guess some more some more Red Raider basketball talk here. So um, we'll do that, and uh, then some Lady Raider basketball updates. Even a little bit of track and field update for you here. So you know we'll fit all that in between now and one o'clock on the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame live from Buffalo Wild Wings on 19th and Milwaukee on 101.1. This is the Redder Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on 101.1 The Beer. Sponsored by Fortenberry Roofing, Wiley Implements, and Hub City Body Shop. Texas Tech Basketball. All right. Uh, so, yeah, Tech's next game coming up tomorrow, 5 o'clock at the USA against Mississippi State. We'll break from Big 12 action um, but uh, before we talk some more about the, the game, I mean, you know, look, we can talk about that game some, but the game everybody's got on the mind is Tuesday night, of course. But, uh, man, Buffalo Wild Wings, 19th in Milwaukee is where we're at today doing the show. And, uh, what, Get some what you appetizers. Just, yeah, Pete, you've been a little quiet here. Yeah. What, what you know, <laughs> well, have you been, been eating here? I've been what? eating, but my mouth is on fire from the buffalo sauce. But then it gets complimented with the blue cheese. I got the uh, chicken tenders, and they're already gone. I got that done in that little... That long commercial break we had. Right, yeah. You were wolfing down some yeah. chicken tenders here at Buffalo Wild Wings. It was like you were putting on some kind of a clinic or it was like a contest or something, man. I don't know, but it's very impressive. What do you got over I just there, got me Jared? some cheese sticks for the show, but after the show, I'm going to give me some wings for sure. So. Oh, house and some more wings. Oh, yeah. What did you get there, Sean? The uh, orange chicken? Orange chicken. It's got a nice back-end heat. I uh, love a little heat. Nice back-end heat. Man, that's a that's a descriptive. Uh, you're like uh, Gordon Ramsay or something, man. That was that was impressive. All right. Uh, so, yeah, come out, have lunch. Buffalo Wild Wings. we got all the TVs going. And, by the way, that reminds me of, you know, we got once we get these games coming up that are on, uh, you know, ESPN, like ESPN Plus. Plus, where yeah. it's on Flow Sports or one of those <laughs> things that you find yourself going, man, I don't, do I even have that? Or well, I, don't, I don't really think I have a password for that one. Well, Buffalo Wild Wings always has all the games. I mean, they've got all the all the channels. I mean, they've get, if it's on one of those things, you don't have to worry. You just get to Buffalo Wild Wings and you can watch you can watch the game. All right, so uh, the game gets Mississippi State tomorrow. That's ESPN two five o'clock. Hopefully, uh, you know the usual great crowd there at the USA. Yeah. But if you're not able to go, you will be able to see it uh, see it on TV tomorrow. Um, so uh, taking a break from Big 12 action tomorrow with that game. So you don't want to overlook it or anything. But, man, I tell you what, uh, I think uh, the, the fans certainly we're, we're all looking ahead to Tuesday night when Texas comes to town and uh, Beard makes his return to Lubbock. Since, since all that went down, February 1st, man, that has been the day yeah, that everybody's been well, And for. just last week, the West Virginia game was 11 a.m., and the place was electric. Yeah. And so tomorrow at 5 should be incredible. And then uh, just, you know, get the with the seismometer, what measures sound. It's going to be the roof's going to get blown off. Yeah. Uh, Tuesday night, 8 o'clock. Uh, and, and it'll be from booze, too, as well as cheers. I think we'll hear the loudest booze ever in there. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to be. I think it's going to be pretty uh, pretty awesome to be there for that game. I can't wait, man. But uh, all that aside, you know, all the emotion of all of this stuff that's going to be happening. When you just look at the 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 game itself, the matchup between the two teams, 
One thing about Texas, I mean, you know, if you look like man for man, I mean, just the roster. I mean, they've got one of the most talented rosters in America. But for some reason, you know, they haven't really yeah. been able to really put all those pieces together to make a great team unit. I mean, I think, you know, Tech has done a, a better job this year of taking a bunch of individual talent and putting it together as a team that can, you know, do some great things. There's no doubt, Jeff. I actually did, you know, leading up to – this kind of game, I do a bunch of interviews with other media, like outside of the market and everything, and including like Chip Brown with Texas. I did podcast with them earlier this week, and he even said, "Look, I mean, just point blank, Coach Adams has done a better job with you know getting really? this all these transfers to to come together, and they're they're playing better than what Beard has done with Texas, you know. And how has he done that? And I'm like, you know what? That's a really good question. Yeah. <laughs> how has he done it? I, they definitely have different styles, you know. I mean, in terms of Adams is tough, you know, yeah. he is, but he's so laid back, even on like his on-court demeanor, you know, he doesn't ever seem to get rattled, while Beard is in everyone's face, he's in the ref's face, he's in his player's face, he's in his coach's face, yeah. he's, you know, all the theatrics, you know, and I, I think the, the players have responded uh, yeah. to, to the way Adams is, and I think also having guys like McCuller and Shannon and uh, Santa Silva return and say, hey, this is the Texas Tech way. You know, this is what we're going to do. That helps. I don't know. I know they have a couple of veterans at Texas, but I think the continuity of Adams having been here and him being so so much a part of the culture that was already established, yeah. that continuing helps as opposed to Beard going in, brand new coaching staff taking over for what Shaka Smart did. And trying to create a culture there that – they yeah. haven't really had. Right. I mean, you know, they're, they've always, they always get accused of having that soft culture in football, basketball. I and mean, you know, deservedly so. Yeah. I yeah. mean, they've earned that. I remember yeah. I, who was one of their? I can't. You know me with names, but one of their top recruits. The other, I think it was last season or the season before, where he had to go in the tunnel and have like the his head to, like literally had like a psychiatrist come talk to him <laughs> during the game, and they had to, like hold his hand while he was crying on the. I mean, I just look. I'm all for. Uh, new age stuff and all that don't yeah, get me wrong but i mean come on at some yeah. point you gotta just man up and and, and tough through it right, right i mean yeah. I, I just oh that's, that's texas in a nutshell you right, know yeah. like they have all the resources they have every reason to challenge for titles in every sport every year and i it's just there's i think there's too many cooks in the kitchen yeah you know there's yeah. just they, there are what do you think the chance of chris beard getting a technical tuesday I just think back to that West Virginia game. Remember how animated he was? It's a really good Fell question. down to the ground. I mean, hearing the boos, I mean, I don't think he realized he was going to go from being the most loved to the most hated. I've heard from several people he didn't well, even take that into know, account. He, I mean, he called me uh, at one point, and to his credit, when my wife passed, his, his mom is a uh, two-time cancer yep. survivor, and he, but he talked about it. He started, of course, couldn't help it, you know, uh, his situation. And uh, basically, he said, look, I, you know, I left for another job. People are going to leave. People leave for other jobs all the time. So he was, he was surprised. There's no doubt in my mind he was surprised that there's been this much backlash, which it makes me think, does he have anybody telling him how, like, how it really is? You know what right, I mean? Did he really yeah. think people are like, oh, we love you and good, good luck in Texas? I mean, did he really think yeah. people were going to say that? Like, yeah. no, that's not how it works. No. You know and then I mean? my problem is, they built this Wombo for him. He wanted a special desk and you stuff. Know, they were st th those plans were even before Beard, though. You yeah, know but I mean? a lot of I mean, he helped push it along. No so to me, that. you got to have some loyalty. And you know, the guy goes to Duke. He goes to the NBA. He goes yeah. and coaches the Jamaican bobsled team. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I'd like we'd to see be that. happy for him. We'd be happy for him. But 
through all this, I don't even want to talk about Beard. This is the time to thank Mark Adams for his loyalty. I mean, I've talked to Coach several times, and uh, the thing that sticks out to me that day uh, is Beard telling everybody, we're going be on the plane if you want to go with me at, at 1 o'clock. And he hit up Adams several times, and here he is on the plane. He calls Adams, are you coming? And Adams says, I'm not, Coach. And Beard hung up on him. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh – it always seems like uh, Texas, you know, they they always have their eye on the the next sexy shiny, candidate. Yeah, I mean, they thing, just yeah. they can't help themselves. You know, football, <laughs> basketball, they always it's it's you know football's they, they back just, by the way. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. I'm, <laughs> no, they're not. Uh, sure. uh, no, they're and real not. quick, uh, Steve Sarkeesian is in West Texas today. He's at at uh, what do you call it? Abernathy, seeing Anthony White, who also is being uh, recruited by Texas. Yeah, and he's going to be here at the Junior Day thing tomorrow. Yeah, I talked okay. to him the other day, so, so yeah. All right. Well, very cool. Well, uh, so if, you know, down there speaking, you know, how they, they always have their eye kind of on the next shiny thing. But with Beard, you know, this year, I mean, it's I mean, it's, his, it's his first first year there. And all, yeah. But but it, it, the, the expectations probably with him coming in were pretty high. It, it appears that there's just not, you know, you hear word of a lot of dissatisfaction down there. Sure. They don't really support basketball that much anyway. Yep. The crowds aren't that big. But if he continues to be struggling for the rest of this year and the way they are down there with lack of any patience or realistic views of anything is he a hot seat guy or is it uh, not even I mean, that big a deal he, down they'll there give him at least you know? two or, no that's I, they'll give him at least two or three seasons i mean yeah. he'd have to do something really controversial to yeah. get fired even after the second season i think you know i mean they even gave shaka who struggled mightily what four or five mm-hmm. years so uh no i i don't think he's really on the hot seat I think maybe in, like, public opinion, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but, look, they're going to be able to recruit. He's going to win some ball games. They just – who they just crushed? Was it uh, TCU and Fort Worth? They just crushed them. I mean, they look pretty impressive there. So, uh, Beard – we, we don't want to admit this, but I guess, but Beard can coach. He's a great coach. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Um, with, with and without Mark Adams, he's had success. So, uh, he's going to win games. I'm still – I still think if you look at it right now, there's no doubt Mark Adams has done a better job so far. This game is going to mean, you know, it means so much to Texas Tech fans, obviously. And oh, yeah. I wonder, does it, you know, and, it, and I would think it would mean that much or more to, to players. It's or going to mean Mark, a lot to, to the, Mark Adams. I mean, how important is this game yeah. for him personally, do you mm. think? Or does he just go, you know, it's another game? Oh, he's a human you know? being. I think it's, yeah. he, of course it's huge for him, yeah. right? When you say Pete, I mean, you yeah. know him better than any of us. Here. Like, yeah. Don't you think it's going to be a, a big deal for him, right? Oh, yeah. And he's been asked about it for months. I sure. Mean, and I've, you know, when he did our lunch church, he, I yeah. asked him about it. He said, man, I don't want to think about February 1st <laughs> right now. But, right. but he knows. And, and also – it's not like they hate each other. They're still talking, him and Beard. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. But, I mean, this is the game Red Raider fans want to win. Do you think, do you think to Beard this game is, is extra, extra special, or does he look at it like it's just another tough Big 12 game that I need to win? Or is there any? I, I added think it'll be deja vu for, you know? for him to walk in and then, like, hear all the boos and stuff. Yeah. I, I, don't, I mean, I don't like when anybody's mad at me, and I only—I mean, to me, I feel like I only got a few people who really, truly hate me, and that's not bad. But when you got everybody against yeah. you, I, I mean, it's got to affect you. It's got to affect you. You know well, who doesn't like Pete Chrissy? Who's that? Nuns and dogs. <laughs> <laughs> got a good point right there. All right, we come back, uh, Pete. Whether you you love him or, or hate him, that's all right. Pete's got some uh, Lady Raider updates for us. We'll also throw in a little uh, Texas Tech track and field here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame from Buffalo Wild Wings on 19th in Milwaukee on 101.
This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on 101.1 The Beard. Sponsored by Mitch Hall Chevrolet, Chrome, and Hook and Reel. Lady Raider basketball. All right, Pete. Get us updated. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the first the positive is Krista Gerlich's team has beat two uh, ranked teams, both in the uh, Big 12 Conference, then number nine Texas, number 25 Kansas State. Uh, NCAA just came out with the top 16 seeds, as it would be. Texas, I think, is ninth. Kansas State is 16th. So you've beaten two teams in the top 16 uh, at this point of the of the uh, of the NCAA tournament. So uh, another good gauge was last uh, Tuesday night uh, taken on uh, Baylor. Uh, you know, Baylor they hadn't beat ba- Baylor has beaten them 22 straight coming in, and uh, they open up a big lead on Tech. And uh, oh man, here it is again. But man, they fight back. They end up tying the game. And uh, man, you think they could? And, and all these football players were there cheering them on. Great crowd, uh, and they end up falling 88-80 to Baylor, but uh, Bryn Gerlich had a career-high 23, uh, just uh, a great game by her. Vivian Gray had 22, and it's just one of those cases, uh, you know, you get, you're behind, you run all the way back, you're neck and neck, and then they pull away and, and they beat you. So uh, Tech is 9-10 and 10 right now, 2-6 and six in the Big 12, and, uh, you know, as tough as that loss is, uh, just like baseball, you got to get ready for the next game, and boom, here it is tomorrow, another home game, another ranked team, number 13 Iowa State's in, 12.30 p.m., so it's before the Red Raiders game, and, and just another opportunity, Jeff, for this team to get over the hump, and Krista Gerlich after the game said, you know, we're trying to change the culture here, and, you know, you got to know that you can win these games, and, you know, they're so close, and she's proud of her team, and you can see they're, they're better, and it, maybe it doesn't show it in the, in the record, but, uh, man, uh, you know, give, give them some time, but they're, they're getting there. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, man, I mean, like I said, they've just been so close in that Baylor game. Man, it really looked like they were going to gonna be able to pull that one off. And, and that's 23 straight now Baylor's beat them. So, uh, wow. may, may, you know, maybe you can go down the, to, to Waco and beat them. So, yeah. uh, but, you know, you got to try to win at home. And here comes Iowa State, another tough game. But, man, if you can get this one, then it's three wins over top 25 teams, top 15 teams. So, you know, uh, let's go get it. All right, what about Texas Tech track? Anything happening this weekend? We yeah, have? well, first off, the rankings came out, and the, the men's program of Texas Tech track for the indoor season is ranked third, and the women's program, uh, highest ranking ever, they are fourth. And so they've had two meets at home, and right now as we speak, uh, another meet going on over at the Sports Performance Center. It is the two-day Texas Tech Open and uh, events have started this morning with the men's heptathlon and the uh, women's event. And uh, then you got uh, 3 o'clock today, field event start. Tickets are $8 to go out and check out uh, just amazing talent. And then 5 o'clock running events today. Tomorrow, field events start at 10 a.m., running events 11.30 a.m. Uh, just some of the teams. Or heck, I'll name all the teams. Abilene Christian, Air Force, Arizona, Auburn, Boise State, Florida State, Incarnate Word, Kansas State, New Mexico Junior College, North Texas, Northwestern State, Oklahoma, San Diego State, Stephen F. Austin, Texas, Tarleton State, TCU, Texas A.
Texas A&M Corpus Christi, Texas Tech, University of Central Arkansas, UT Arlington, Western Texas, West Texas A&M. Yeah! You're <laughs> for 15 cents. And Texas. Yeah. I know I threw oh, Texas man. in. Oh, he got I Texas. Texas. He got I Texas. I said it. Remember the Micro Machine guy, the commercial? <laughs> oh, yeah. God, him. You don't what remember that? that? What is that? Y'all don't remember the oh, Micro Machine Micro guy? Machine. Come on. The, the really fast talking yeah, yeah. guy? Yeah. That, yeah. Oh, that's, okay. that, that's what you sound like. That was really, that was really impressive, Pete. Way to, way to bring it there. Um, could you repeat that list one more yeah, time? Yeah, wait. Wait, what? We, you know, we cut out. Could you, you, know, you know what I like to do? I, I, go to a, I go to a bar and, the, hey, what, what do you have on tap? And she names all 50. Oh, what was that seventh one? That sounded what, you know. So anyway, uh, big event out there. Good chance. $8. Go check out track today, tomorrow. Wes Kitley doing an amazing job with some amazing athletes. Uh, and again, you're talking basketball, football, uh, you know, track, baseball, softball. Good things happening at Texas Tech. All right. Uh, we're almost done today, but um, be sure and get out here to Buffalo Wild Wings, 19th in Milwaukee, and grab some of the amazing wings or yes. the chicken tenders that you had. Incredible. Were, Incredible. Yeah. I should have got more than three. Yeah. So, uh, well, you don't have to leave. You can order more. Why well, so, true. All right. We'll uh, come out and <laughs> knock off work early and hang out. Come have a oh, have oh. an icy cold one. And, and I just want to mention Lady Raiders tomorrow is on Big 12 Plus, ESPN Plus, and they have that here at oh, yeah. Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah, they got all the games. All right, very good. Uh, three more final questions coming up on the Full Court Press next on the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on 101. This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on 101.1 The Beard. Sponsored by Pete's Tire and Service in Ropesville and South Plains College. Full Court Press. Three questions, no hedging time to get your opinions on the record. It's the full court press. Jeff, where will the Red Raiders be seated for March Madness? What will be their overall seed? Sitting here today, my gut uh, feels like a, uh, really feels like a three seed. Very yeah, that's nice. That's pretty good. Pete, which team will have a higher national ranking when the season is over? Texas Tech basketball or Texas Tech baseball? Man, that's a tough one, too. I, uh, you know, I, I hope it's basketball. I hope they end number one. But I, I think, you know, baseball is, is picked third preseason in the Big 12, even though they're ranked nationally third or fourth. Uh, I think baseball is going to end up in the top five. I, I think they got, you know, I'm not going to say it's easier, but I'm going to go baseball, higher ranking. Jared, how many wins of the 11 games the Red Raider basketball team has left? Five away, six at home. Will they yeah, win? Yeah, regular season, I'll say eight because they are on the road a lot. Big 12's tough. I mean, they still got to go to West Virginia. They they got still got to go. Well, Austin might be kind of a home game this year. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, the last couple of years. But uh, so got to play Baylor again. So that's it's. I'm going to say eight. I think that's, that's where they're at. Bonus question for everyone with the Red Raiders. How... Will they do versus Texas? Put your like, put your prediction prediction for the game. Red Raiders. I say Red Raiders win by seven at home. All right. I'm gonna. I, man, I don't know. I haven't even thought about the score really yet. But uh, I think. But but I, I I do think Tech wins this game. But yeah, I I, I don't even know as far as score or anything. Uh, I, I mean, I think the Red Raiders are going to win, too. And, I mean, if i got to give a score, maybe they're up by four or five, and then Texas has got a foul. So Tech wins by nine. I think it'll be close, which, I mean, that sounds like a close game. That is game. close, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, that, you know. I'll, I'll say Tech wins by two or three points. And that, my friends, is your full-court press. All right, there you go. Um, 
Thanks for listening today, and uh, thanks for uh, being out here at Buffalo Wild Wings. Three locations in Lubbock. We just happen to be at the 19th in Milwaukee location today, and delicious as always. And uh, next week we'll be at the uh, 82nd Street location out there near 82nd and uh, Marsh Sharp Freeway there. So, right? Is that not it? We're not going to be there next week? We're going to Wolferth then. That's Wolferth is next week. That's what I just said. Yeah, that's that's yeah, just what you said. 82nd and yeah. Marsh yep. Sharp, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, brain. Yeah, I was like, man, I could have sworn. Uh, okay. He's, he's thinking about the ball game text. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go be oh. the nun. All right. He All was right. right, though. All right. <laughs> they did win the bowl game. Yeah. <laughs> it was like four years later, but <laughs> he was right. That is in your defense, Sean. Yes, it took a while, but they did win it. All right. This has been the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on 101.1.